Hey, 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 it's me, Katie here. Grab a notebook, add a cuppa, and join me in the sociology staff room. So, welcome to the Sociology Staff Room with me, Duncan, unusually, and with Katie. Hi, Katie, how are you doing? Hiya, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Feeling festive. Feeling very festive, because obviously it is uh, Christmas, and I've, uh, you know, I've had my uh, salmon and... um, Salmon and scrambled eggs and opened my pressies and uh, s- uh, snuck into the uh, recording booth, um, you know, to, for a bit of a festive um, podcasting. So, Why not? Yeah, what, what, another, what, what another way to spend Christmas, hey, yeah, doing a podcast? Yeah, as Santa Bean, did you get everything you wanted? As always, of always. Definitely been on the good list this year, to sure. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, well, before the... Um, while, while the turkey's finishing off and the... Uh, the roasties. I don't know if that's what you have at Christmas dinner. No, roast beef. Roast beef. Right. Oh, even better. In a slow yeah. kicker, because it's, it's supposed to be cheaper on a slow kicker as well than the old oven. So, yeah, I've tried, crisis. Tried, yeah, I'm trying to trying to cram a turkey into the um, air fryer. <laughs> air I don't fryer. think it's going to work. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, but but um, anyway, yeah. So without further ado, what we're doing today, our focus today is looking back on some highlights because this is um episode tw- well, nearly episode 20 episode 19 i think 19, it's 20 yeah. 20 if we include um the bonus episode that we did with craig earlier in the series um so it's looking back over the last uh, 19 or so episodes to pick out a few uh, favorite moments obviously it's all highlights and we'd recommend you listen to all of it but um we thought we'd we'd pick a few favorite moments uh, today, so Katie, I think you're gonna. We're gonna start with one of your picks. Um, where are we starting? It's a little bit like Desert oh, Island Discs, Desert Island it Podcast. It is. It is. Do you know what? I was reflecting on this the other day, and I was thinking, gosh, in the short period of time since sort of like, August we started, um, we've we've covered so much, and I think selfishly, it's been a bit of like my own sort of CPD, and I think I've yeah. sort of posted on. Um, on the sort of Facebook group saying like, you know, driving to work and listening to the podcast. And actually, selfishly, I've got, oh, there we go. Are they from, are they from a, a well-known um, takeaway brand? <laughs> yeah, George Ritzer has um, yeah, been uh, providing the elves in our house. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I... Uh... I um, have got gained so much from it. And actually, you know, listening to it again has been really, really super helpful. Um, and it sort of actually comes to... Actually, I'm going to start with this one, actually. I'm going to talk mm-hmm. about um, Brandy and John's session on the imposter syndrome. For me, that was really enlightening because I think for me, obviously, I've been a teacher for uh, more years than I'd like to think that I'd like to remember, but about sort of 20 years now. And... What I thought was really amazing about it was how much I gained from that and actually isn't something that just ECTs might feel is around imposter syndrome. There's a particular point that they, they mentioned was this idea that we're forever learning and then that's okay and that's a normalisation of that. I think sometimes people think, well, I, I've been teaching for X amount of years or I'm in a head of department and I should have it all. I should have it all tied up by now. And actually them sort of highlighting, well, actually, no, 
that's not the case and it's okay not to. I think that's a really important message. And I think that's why it's so important to come back to a variety of different CPDs that would be useful to you, whether it's attending a course or reading a book or, or listening to this podcast. I think that's already highlighted to me that actually it's okay not to always know. And uh, actually we're always learning, particularly in a subject like sociology. So there's a sort of really good point, which I think it's really important to listen to again, really. Um, and that was really, really, really powerful for me. Okay, should we have a, should we have a listen back? Oh, well, yes, oh, definitely, definitely. Why not? I had to kind of accept, uh, just like Brandy said, that there's so much stuff and that we, we will always be learning. And I kind of just turned it on its head when when kids were presenting me with stuff in class, you know. So I had some real kind of um, very able students that were, you know, reading above and beyond what we were doing. They were looking online. And, of course, there's a lot of stuff online is A-level run GCSE for sociology. So they they were reading you know beyond what I was teaching, and they were asking me questions. And so I thought, well, I've got a couple of options here. I can either go, I you know, I've never heard of that, and be honest with them. And so I kind of just found a middle a middle ground, you know, to kind of keep the power, keep the status, um, by kind of going. Now I have heard something about this before. Bear with me. I always get this bit a bit wrong, uh, and then you know, then I gives me some time to quickly look up uh, what you know what it is they're talking about, and then we can learn about it together. And I just look at it that if it's something I don't know, then I find it out. I'm you know, I'm investing in myself, investing in my own CPD still, you know. Yeah, definitely. And I think you said like I think you said there as well that you're always evolving, you're always learning. It actually, could be actors. A little bit of role modelling, I think, sometimes for students, you know, and I think, they, and I think, always, we, you know, me personally, I always sell it to the students. That so sociology is always growing and evolving as a subject. There's always mm. research, and that's what's exciting about it. So, unless you're sort of on top of every bit of research, you're not going to be able to keep abreast of it all the time, and you don't want to be because you want to be learning. You're not going to know everything, and actually, that's some real good role modelling there as well. I'm sorry, Brenda, because you, you wanted to say something. No, no, I was just saying, yeah, that's that's a good one. I get the same. Just yesterday I had a lesson, uh, an introduction to year 12, and I was saying to the students just to research the basics of Marx and feminism, functionalism. I gave them a list of websites and I told them, do not go on any university level website. <laughs> because I my degree is not in sociology, as my students are always shocked to find out. Um, I did a teaching degree. I did sociology A-level, but I've got lots of sociology within my degree. And, um, you know, students will make notes on these concepts and they read it out in class and you're just like, oh yeah, mm -hmm. okay. Not necessarily from AQA or on Instagram, because I run an Instagram page. I always have to just clarify because staff always like, what do you mean you've got kids messaging you on Instagram? But um, on Instagram, I've probably once a month, twice a month, a student will message me with a question, but it's uni-based. And I'm always just like, I have absolutely no idea. Like literally maybe, never even heard of what you're talking about. Maybe you should so look at it that you've also, inspired, sorry, maybe you should look at it more that you've inspired their you know their individual independent learning right. you're a facilitator more than a teacher i'll take that there you go oh yeah i can see why you picked that katie that was really interesting yeah should we do one of mine now oh yeah definitely i'm sure like we've got lots of different ones i suppose we probably could probably uplisted all 19 couldn't we we could easily do because they were all they were all really interesting mm. um I, I think the one i'm going to pick first is um 
Alison's uh, session on careers because mm. I mean you know me Katie the when I first read that we were having one on embedding careers into sociology lessons that that wasn't one that sort of immediately grabbed me I was like you know I remembered from my teaching days having to embed um, enterprise or something and I was like you know ticket yeah tick box exercise trying to you know circling something on the old lesson plan forms that we had in those days and all that kind of thing um and I thought oh this is yeah it's going to be that kind of thing you know it's not really my not really my bag um and actually it was absolutely fascinating and I think what made it so fascinating was how sociological it was um you know there were practical tips in there as well about how to um you know how to do this and where to find more information um and kind of where who'd modeled good practice and that sort of thing which was all you know very useful but it was i think particularly when when um alison talked about um the sociology of careers and how um you know you didn't need to this didn't need to be an add-on because it was already mm. there in the subject it was it, you know and you know the way careers have changed contemporary ideas of careers different notions of careers like a deviant career etc i just found that really interesting so i thought we could listen back to that little uh segment again because i thought that was that was really good i mean i'm i'm certainly um not not the only person who's thought about this but one thing that's been really interesting for me and this is connecting up some of the research i've done in the past some of the theoretical interests i have around structuration and social practice theories and so one of the things i've been thinking a lot about is how if we just start from basic principle that we don't have one career we have multiple careers that I think is a really interesting hook. And it relates to what you just said about the multiple plates that people are carrying. Um, but it also has a really useful set of sociological roots that we can point to and connect up to aspects of the curriculum. So just to give you a sense of some of those roots and ways that we could connect it up. Um, one is that obviously there is lots of research around careers and gender and aspects of complexities, discriminations, the kind of double burden of having to have a career and also be in charge of many household tasks. And that is one thing that already I know a lot of teachers will be touching upon or, or addressing in discussing different types of feminist theories and the family. And that is one space where we can just make very apparent. It is clear that there are multiple careers going on here and that they can conflict with each other. And I think that basic step to saying a career is not necessarily just about paid work is one step away from this simple equation of the career means a job title, as opposed to a career means getting embedded in developing, acquiring, you know, shifting, juggling different skills, knowledges, roles throughout one's lifetime. And there is lots of sociological work that points to that more expansive understanding of a career as moving through time, engaging in different types of practices. So I think it's an interesting starting point because from that you can imagine sort of setting up a way of engaging with your teaching where what you're doing is just spiraling back to that kind of basic point in different bits of the curriculum, right? So, you know, when it comes to 
things like thinking about um, crime, then, you know, Becker's work on in the book Outsiders and talking about how people are jazz players or jazz musicians or marijuana users, they have careers, they develop a way of knowing how to do these things. That's a really interesting case that you could just bring in a little bit to, to complement that thought. Um, thinking about things like leisure, like media, you've got great examples, everything from the way I was mentioning earlier to you, Katie, uh, my PhD research talked about how people travel with their leisure, how they are actually building up these careers, they're building up skills, they end up being taken to places, events, you know, things because of what they're passionate about doing in their leisure time. But we also have great examples like Michael Sheen, who's a sociology, past sociology student, who's doing fascinating things like declaring himself a not-for-profit actor, yeah, yeah. which is just really interesting in the context of media industries, the kinds of power relations and how one person might have power to start destabilizing that or bringing in new conversations around it. Um, and then in terms of theory, there are lots of things not only related to career literature and people who've researched careers, but also from uh, areas of interest like my interest in structuration and practice theories, because within practice theories that people have been continuing to develop since Giddens and since Foucault, um, we actually think about the way that any set of organized activities somebody's involved in can be something that you sort of carry along with you and have a career in. So in that sense, you know, I trained much earlier in my life, I started uh, a bachelor's degree in business administration, I very quickly got bored with it and abandoned it. But having developed some of those skills around accountancy around project management, I'm now finding that they're being incredibly useful in my present role, um, even though I didn't have a formal career in administration or in you know in management so i think those opportunities to sort of link things through encourage students to delve into say the um, data that exists around graduate outcomes for sociology grads think about the comparisons and contrast with other subjects those are all great opportunities for thinking about how this multiplicity of skills and knowledges and careers actually means that what we're doing is not hunting for the one answer of what we should do in our life, but hunting for, okay, what are the things I'm good at? What am I really passionate about continuing to develop? And how can I actually take a, a kind of personal reflection on that into account when I think about the way that careers evolve over time? So, Katie. <laughs> I thought that was really good. I mean, again, yeah. I forgot how good it was. Just listen to that again. I think that was really amazing. Just to sort of like, I think like you said, it's that idea that we don't think about careers. We think of it sometimes as an add-on, but actually you had to make it really clear that it is something more than that. And actually, yeah. um, it's really empowering. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, I, I, I really enjoyed that. So, what's your next pick? Dare I say it on Christmas? The sort of the O word, which is uh, not oranges. I'm trying to think of other O words that might be around this sort of time of the year. Ofsted. But oh, right. you know what? <laughs> You're thinking what And it was Stephen's uh, session on deep dives, actually. Yes, of um, course. Yeah. And for me, that really demystified um, the sort of discussion around deep dives. And I think, I don't know, I've seen sociology as a teacher. It's really weird, isn't it? And as a sociology teacher, we evaluate the marketization of education, uh, yet we also experience it. So we sort of see it on for both sides. And it's just a short, I feel, it feels really strange for me. And I always, I always think, imagine if Ofsted was to come in 
and we were discussing this as well. Mm. But what I really loved about uh, Stephen's sort of uh, real honesty, I think, was was mm. was the thing that I liked, and his vulnerability as well, was his sort of discussion around deep dives and that the idea that actually all I've said are looking for is you to be truthful and it's not, you know, something to catch you out or to like, um, you know, look for this oral wonder lesson that you can't sort of repeat over and over again because it's just not sustainable. Actually, just looking for, you know, a truth. And if you can be truthful, that's all they're looking for um, and understanding your learners. And I sort of really like the way that he also mentioned the idea that, with regards to sort of the deep dives is is that bottom up approach it's not actually a top down it's it's doing what's best for your students i know that he also referenced the idea that always remember or try and think about if you're if you're not a parent is would you, you want your child in that lesson and i just yeah i just really thought that was really sort of not just practical advice but just really common sense um advice for someone that's you know actually experienced a deep dive um and not someone that's maybe heard from a friend of a brother of someone's dog's owner do you know what I mean <laughs> if someone and obviously he's got large a large cohort as well so yeah. uh really respected that as well uh, and obviously an experienced teacher so um let's have a listen let's listen to yeah. what he says great you just do what you do and do what you do well um don't because if they see that little thread of doubt they're just going to pull it and it's going to unravel and you you people will get found out and you know, we've all been observed before or seen observations where it's not going particularly well and it starts getting worse and worse and worse. The Ofsted's exactly the same. And it's not just the observation element of it. It's like if you're sitting down having a conversation with them, they know that the professionals, they, they know when something's not quite right. Um, some people might say it was a bit silly pushing a student with 60% attendance towards uh, an Ofsted inspector, but I was confident that we, we everything that we had was was there. It was honest. There was there was um, we weren't hiding anything. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, we want we always want the Ofsted inspectors to see the A star students who've got nine like ninety nine hundred percent attendance and gone other days though where we can send kids away for a week, um, just have a week off while Ofsted are in because it, it'll be picked up still mm. somehow. They should, and it should be, shouldn't it? Like off rolling, and it has to be picked up because ultimately, like you go again, the bearing back to something you said earlier was actually two things that are sort of clear, keep drumming in my head is your integrity, but also remembering those that could be what would you want from your own children? Like, you know, if, you, if you've got children or if you're an aunt or an uncle, or whatever. It's, it's just so valuable, isn't it? You know, that advice, mm. and I think, yeah, it's really, really great to hear. Um, so it's it's on to another pick from me now. Um, mm. And I thought I'd pick one from um, Navia's session on 21st century sociology and using contemporary um, studies and, and um, topics. Um, I, I really enjoyed that session uh, just generally. I thought like you and, and Nabi were like sort of uh, buzzing off each other. And it was it was just an enjoyable uh, half hour or so. Listen, yeah, from I enjoyed the, it. I really con enjoyed control it. box. Um, but and there was some you know really uh, useful advice there for for mm. teachers um, and uh, for all teachers. I mean we, we've we've mentioned in a few of the sessions during the term you know issues to do with perhaps non-specialists and things and obviously some of this advice is perhaps particularly useful for for non-specialists but it's useful for everybody because we we all kind of rely on the the textbooks or you know the 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 existing resources to a certain extent and and suddenly find ourselves um you know a few years on suddenly realizing that our uh, 
PowerPoints are still talking about GCSE results in 2012 or something. And 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 it's you know that refresher and uh, just refreshing our, our what we do is 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 essential, isn't it? Really, um, because mm. it is a contemporary subject, you know. Um, and yeah, I could have picked lots of different highlights, but I thought we might have a listen to you know the sort of practical suggestions really where you can find some uh some of the some current research and, and what there is out there i thought that was some really useful advice from nabia oh definitely let's listen yeah it's hard because not everyone has the time for this but i actually when i plan my lessons i'll look at sort of multiple textbooks on the same topic and that can often be quite helpful to be like oh well, I usually use this textbook and this, you know, Harold Lambus has got something that I don't usually incorporate. That's usually quite a helpful source for me. Um, but in terms of like names, so I remember um, Pereira, she did a whole sort of covert research, um, pretended to be like a year eight student um, and basically was trying to find out gender differences in, in school and how there are differences in people interactions and to what extent that sort of lends itself to a gendered experience of education um but i like the rest of you probably rely on tutor to you to supply me with some of this stuff <laughs> so we've actually got quite a helpful um breakdown on some recent contemporary research um there was some really helpful stuff in the guardian specifically about domestic division of labor and covid and um that i can't remember the name off the top of my head but that was some really helpful insights into how COVID actually exacerbated the triple shift and that women essentially were just confined to the domestic sphere and were having to work and do everything else from home and this was a burden that only they were facing. Um, and the other thing that I've actually started to recently use is LSE releases reading lists on different oh. topics and it's like a blog um, and it's really helpful, especially for those of you who um, do UCAS references as well. They release sort of recommended readings on different things. So I was just suggesting some stuff to a student who uh, wanted to know more about race in relation to crime. Um, and that's something she's really interested in. And there was this book that was done regarding um, Muslims in Bradford and sort of policing involved in sort of um, communities uh, up north and that can be really helpful for teachers and for students I just sent her the link and she tried to find a book that she would like but that can be really helpful um, for staff or for teachers as well to find out some more up-to-date research um, and some more up-to-date studies that have been that have been produced um, and it's all been sort of um, it's all authentic and real and sociological <laughs> No, that's important because it's authenticity, isn't it, sometimes as yeah. well? And that's a really valid point yeah. that you just said. Like, you know, the LSC does a reading list. I know that they also do some free um, webinars as well. Yeah. Um, so they're really important. Great stuff there. So, last but not least, we go back to Katie for your final pick. I know that you could, it's, it, it's like picking your favourite child, but it's. <laughs> 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 
going off on TikTok at the moment. Is is it? I'm not even on TikTok, but yeah, no. like I think I don't even know. But you sort of, I push. I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I'm not going to pretend I know what I'm talking about. But um, yeah, it is hard. It is hard because they're they're all good for different reasons. And yeah. I think it's like I said, like it's work, and what's good for me and what's good for you might be different for another teacher. That's why I strongly recommend if you've mm. not sort of revisited some of the sort of the old catalogue of that, then going back. Um, and finding one that suits you because obviously something that might suit me now might be something different in sort of six months time it depends where you are in your sort of teaching career or where you are in sort of yourself with your lessons and how you feel about teaching relationship to that my next one was oracy with amy now oh, yeah yeah i'm i i love to talk i'm not gonna lie <laughs> i love to talk and i just i think it was a couple of really? things you loved about this. <laughs> yeah. especially about Best, especially about sociology. Um, yeah. I know sometimes like, I can see some people glaze over when I get on one with sociology, <laughs> and I'm like, I just, I just come to uh, drop your milk. The milkman's just come in, just drops drinks some milk off, and I'm waffling off about um, sociology. And they're like, uh, yeah, I just got to go next door and, and drop the milk off. Um, but yeah, I just what I really liked was a couple of things. I think I think because obviously Amy's really into Odyssey. Her sort of it, her delivery was amazing. I just felt like I could yeah. learn a lot from her. She's very calm and very like measured in her in her mm. podcast, um, which sometimes I sometimes I'm like a bit excited. Um, <laughs> so I, I I sometimes was not as clear as her, and I was thinking it's about a nice that contrast. Well. <laughs> yeah, a nice contrast. Mm. Um, and also, I think what was really important is that sort of reminding the importance of oracy. I think we are we're a mixture, aren't we? In sociology, we're a mixture of obviously is so, so important because obviously it's debates and discussions, but ultimately we're assessed for exams. And sometimes I know as a teacher, I get I get scared, I get nervous that I'm maybe devoting too much time to oracy um, and not enough time to the writing or, or vice versa. Um, but actually her saying, actually, understanding the oracy really, really helps with the writing and it really underpins that. If students have developed that, then they're able to write a lot better, which just mm. gives, gives me a lot of confidence as a teacher. I think the other thing is that she mentioned around the sort of considering how much we talk. And I know, I know that's the thing. I know that's something that we talk about in our teacher training. But I think that good reminder is who's spoken more, who's working more? Is it you or the students? And I think that was really important for me to reflect on and remind myself about. Um, so I think we should have a little listen to it. It's not me talking, listen to someone else talk for a start. <laughs> Let's have a listen. So um, studies in Oracy observing classroom teachers note quite often like 90% of the talk in the classroom is by the teacher. So if we could just sort of be mindful of that to start with, they're hearing words, they're hearing direct instruction um, and explanations, but, but are they using it? And it's that sort of retrieval and use of it that we just need to sort of push back to them a little bit. And it's okay for us to be quiet and for, and for them to talk as long as they're using the right words and we've modeled it for them. So usually what, um, my uh, esteemed colleagues and I in our department that we are working on is this sort of real terms one and two is all about strategies and modeling real high expectations of oracy in the classroom with this expectation that we should we could remove some of those scaffolds as we go and actually when we talk about when I talk about oracy with uh, trainee teachers it's not let's talk for a whole hour for a lesson I mean it, this is going to be exhausting because high quality talk is really tiring if you're thinking about what you're saying to articulate yourself in the right way, to use all the right language um, and to challenge yourself with all your connectives and things. So it's short, sharp chunks of talk in class. It's really productive to, to really boost it. Um, and we can motivate students to do that because they need that for the world of work. 
they need that for um I was talking to a colleague the other day where you're writing UCAS references and a common thing is student X contributes really well to classroom discussions. What, what is that? What, where, what's your bar of contributing really well to good discussions? And, and do you feed that back to them? Do you actually praise them for what they've said? Or is it like, good, you, you know that concept, let, let's move on. So it's about sometimes drawing a breath and thinking about, is there a little bit more explicit instruction I can do about how they are talking in class and to signpost the benefits of it. And the sooner you start that as a routine to, to start with, like I'm thinking with year 12, then the easier it gets and the more sort of strategies and the bigger focus you can put on it later on to year 13. Yeah, that was great, wasn't it? I really enjoyed Isn't that. Isn't she so calm? Isn't she, she so is, like, yeah. calm? Yeah, yeah no, like that, that was it was a really enjoyable session. And there are so many other ones we could have picked on orbit, all of yeah. them really. I mean there've been so many highlights uh through the term and looking forward to many more. Um for the rest we've got of some the, exciting things. Of the yeah, we've got some exciting things coming up next year. I think we've got sort of talk around feminism and how to teach that ethnicity in education. Uh we've got talks around things I wished I knew before I started teaching sociology. Yeah, that's, that's so we've a got a few one, and we've got some other things lined up. I won't say just yet because of course you've got to tie up some loose ends, but some exciting oh, things coming to the new year. So yeah. Brilliant stuff. Well, I can't wait. Um, I think I just heard the uh, the air fryer beep. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna uh, get get to that turkey. I yeah, know. Why not? I'm gonna. I've got a bit of that, that that slow cooker wasn't put on early enough, so I'm definitely gonna be eating at eight o'clock tonight. <laughs> yeah, that's the way these wait goes. All right. Cheers, Katie. Have a have a very Merry Christmas. Christmas. And yeah, and, and same to all the listeners. Okay, see you guys. Bye bye. All right, take care, my lovely. Bye bye. The Sociology Stuff Room is brought to you by Tutor to You Sociology. Find us at tutortoyou.net forward slash sociology or follow us on Twitter at Tutor to You Sock or Instagram at Tutor to You Sock. You can also join our very lively Facebook groups for sociology teachers. See you soon.